0: Hey everyone, welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast. I'm Dave Smuen, your host, and I'm excited to share biblical principles to help us live our faith and glorify the Lord Jesus. This is episode 22, and today I want to tell you about the journeys of three people. I'm going to use their nicknames, so I don't give away their real identity. Wisdom was given her nickname, Young in Life. She was always a little brighter and faster to learn than her siblings. She could read early and was very advanced academically. She was the pride of her family. They constantly lavished praise on her for being smarter than everyone else. She was always willing to share her opinion and information. Doing this gave her a great sense of satisfaction. She felt that it was her calling in life to help others. It also made her feel important and fed her self-worth. She instinctively knew this wasn't quite right, but she justified that it was okay because she was so average in every other way. Power started life a little on the frail side. He wasn't the biggest or strongest. In fact, Power was teased and bullied a lot. As he grew up, he worked out, trained, and did everything possible to become stronger than his peers so no one would ever bully or tease him again. One day, Power ran into a young lady that would change his life forever. This young lady was an average-looking girl, but when she spoke, her words of wisdom enticed him. While they were visiting, Power shared his situation and why he wanted to be the strongest. Wisdom explained that his attempts would be in vain, as he clearly didn't have the right body type. He could try all his life, but his genetics just wasn't going to allow him to be the strongest. Power grew angry and once again felt belittled. Before he could stomp off, Wisdom added, What you need isn't physical strength, it's power. This caught the young man's attention, and he sat under Wisdom's spell while she explained that power was better than physical strength. Power would give him the ability to deal with bullies and give him the influence to help others. Power succumbed to Wisdom and gave up striving for physical strength and gained the nickname Power he decided to seek after the power that could both defend and help others. Power and Wisdom didn't realize that someone was listening to their conversation until he asked to join them. They were both more than willing to allow this well-dressed young man to join in. When they asked his name, he answered, Just call me Riches, and went on to say, I overheard what you were talking about and think that's all very noble, but I just buy what I want. Power said, wouldn't that be nice? It is, Riches said without hesitation. Wisdom, on the other hand, challenged Riches to consider all the good things that could come by helping others with such great resources. As she spoke, Riches was drawn in and enticed by her promise of meaning and purpose in life. From that day forward, the three of them enjoyed a deep friendship. They went about helping people through all kinds of situations. When wisdom couldn't give enough advice, power would yield his influence. When that wasn't enough, Riches would use his abundance. It seemed that there was no end to the good that these three could do together. They were successful in almost everything they set out to do, and that caused them to grow famous. Why am I telling this elaborate story? At one time or another, most of us have wanted one or more of these incredible gifts. We idolize wisdom, power, and riches, and justify our desire for them by looking at all the good things we could do. Let me be clear. There is nothing wrong with being wise, powerful, or rich. However, we must guard our heart and not let the desires for these things cause us to stumble as we obtain a measure of each of them we must guard our hearts even more. Who possessed all three of these more than anyone else? Anybody know? King Solomon, right? When Solomon became king, God asked him what he desired, and Solomon asked for wisdom. God was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom, and Added power and riches as well. I mean, seems like a great combination to me. You ask for wisdom and you get power and riches. So Solomon had an incredible abundance of all three of these. Most of us who go to church or study the Bible know about Solomon's wisdom. We also know that it brought a season of blessing to Israel. We know that it helped him build the famed temple where God's glory dwelt. And we know that it brought him great fame and riches as well. But what we sometimes fail to recognize is that Solomon's wisdom, riches, and power wasn't enough to protect his heart. Listen to 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. This is a little bit of a lengthy passage, so I apologize about that. But I want to get the context of this because, as you all know, from being Bible study guys and gals, context is king. So let's keep this in context in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1-10. through 10. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughters of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hedotite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your hearts away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, His wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not followed the Lord fully, as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Thus also he did for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. That passage is out of the NASB, and again, listen to what Solomon desired and what was forbidden. Verse 2 says, Solomon held fast to these in love. Verse 4 goes on to say, For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. Listen very closely to what I'm about to share with you. This country is embracing what is forbidden by God, and much of the church is accepting the sinful behavior our culture is embracing. There is a false message of love and acceptance that is deceiving people, and I need to ask, what about you? Is your heart fully devoted to the Lord Jesus? Or is there something slowly pulling you away and dividing your heart? It didn't happen to Solomon in a day. The scripture says when he was old. In other words, Solomon's sin took a long time to slowly draw him away from the Lord. Did you notice that God appeared to Solomon twice and warned him? Yeah. Look at verses nine and ten again. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. Let's bring it home a little bit. How many times has God warned or spoke to us about a thing or a behavior that is displeasing to Him? I'm pretty sure that it would have been difficult to confront King Solomon. A person with great wisdom generally believes they already know it all. A person with great power can easily convince themselves that nothing can overcome them. A person with great riches can easily feel that they can buy their way out of any situation. Let me speak to America, to the church, and to us individually. Our vast amounts of knowledge and wisdom will not save us. Our vast amounts of money and riches will not save us. Our vast amounts of accomplishments and technology will not save us. Our power and influence will not save us either. King Solomon was the wisest, richest, and most powerful man alive, but he did not escape God's judgment. The consequences of our choices are not always immediate. Sometimes God allows things and gives us time to repent. Even when judgment comes, it can be delayed until the time of God's choosing. The deceived heart thinks that it has gotten away with the sin, but that's not the case. Solomon lived out his days as ruler, and the kingdom was stripped from his son. Let me end our time together by reading what God said to King Solomon the second time he appeared to him. It's recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 7, and starting in verse 11. Thus Solomon had finished the house of the Lord and the king's palace and successfully completed all that he had planned on doing in the house of the Lord and in his palace. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice if I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. My friends, I want to encourage you today to guard your hearts and make sure they are fully committed to Jesus. If they're not, if you see that there's something slowly pulling you away, God has given you a path back. Call out to him, confess your sin, turn away from it, and he will be merciful. We know that he is a good, a loving, a merciful and a forgiving God. He wants us to have relationship with Him, but He wants us to be wholehearted about that relationship. He's not going to put up with us having a divided heart, saying that we follow Him and trust Him, and then not doing it. Guard your hearts, my friend. And until next time, God bless you. I'll see you next week.